Welcome to Speak Life. Today I want to talk to you on the subject of are you willing to go? Before Jesus ascended back to heaven, he gathered his disciples together and he gave them some final instructions. And in those final words, Jesus told his followers to go into all the world and to preach the good news to all people. Well, the call to go still remains the same for each and every believer today. You see, because we are all called to go and to share the good news. But although we are all called to go, the call to go just might look a little bit different for each and every one of us. You see, some of you may be called to, to go to your neighborhoods, while others of you might be called to, to reach your entire cities. Yet others of you just might be called to go to the nations of the world. So although our callings are a little bit different, we all have one thing that is in common, and that is that we must be willing to get out of the comfort of our homes in order to go and share the good news. This is why I want you to understand today that when God calls you to go, the question isn't, do you want to go? But the real question is this. The question is, are you willing to go? Well, this is exactly what happened to me. You see, in September of 2018, I received an invitation from a pastor whom I did not know that lived in Uganda, Africa, to come and to share the good news. Well, not wanting to miss an opportunity that the Lord may have been uh, orchestrating, I told this pastor that I would certainly pray about his invitation. Now, please understand this. Although I did not personally know him, we had a mutual acquaintance who had been over to Africa several times and had worked with this pastor. So I decided to reach out to her so that I could ask her some of the questions that I had about Africa, and not only that, but about this pastor and about his church. So we scheduled coffee, and during our meeting, she began to tell me that she herself was actually in the process of raising financial support in order to return to Africa within two months' period of time. So the more that we talked, the more that it made sense that we should travel over to Africa and go together. Well, I told her that I would really be seeking God about this opportunity. You see, because I had known for many years that I would be going to Africa, I knew that Africa was part of my calling and, and part of my destiny, but I never imagined uh, that I would be going under these types of circumstances. You see, in my mind, I thought that when the time came to go, that I would be traveling with a very large group of experienced people, and certainly by then I would be married, so of course my husband would be with me, and he would be there to help protect me and to assist me, but never ever in my wildest imagination did I ever picture myself getting on an airplane and flying clear across the world with a woman that I did not know very well. Well, I began to push past all of my preconceived ideas of what I thought that going to Africa should look like, and I told the Lord, yes, Lord, I am willing to go. So the decision had been made. I was going to Africa. But the only problem was, was that I only had about two months to be completely ready to get on that plane. So 
needless to say, I didn't waste any time uh, applying for my visa as well as getting the yellow fever shot that was mandatory for me to be able to gain entrance into the country. Well, I continued working diligently toward my, my trip. I had been approved for my visa. I had my airline ticket. Everything seemed to be coming together when suddenly I received notification from this woman that she was not going to be able to go to Africa due to some health issues within her family. I thought, what? Wait, what are you telling me? You're, you're not going with me? You mean I'm going to have to, to board that plane alone? I've already purchased my ticket. It's not refundable. You mean I'm flying clear across the world by myself? Fearful thoughts began to bombard my thought process, and all these anxious thoughts were going through my mind, and right in the middle of all of this dismay, I clearly heard the voice of the Lord saying this to me. I heard him say, excuse me, were you planning to go to Africa because she was going, or were you going because I was calling you to go? Quickly gaining control over my thought process, I said to the Lord, forgive me, God. I'm going because you called me to go. You see, so many times people are more than willing to go somewhere when, when the going means going with a spouse or going with, a, with somebody from your church or going with a friend. But just how willing are you to go when the going means going alone and going somewhere very difficult? I'm going to be completely honest with you today. The thought of going to Africa was absolutely terrifying to me, even when I thought that this woman was going to be traveling with me. You see, I was afraid that Africa was going to be difficult. I was afraid that Africa was going to be uh, very dangerous. Quite frankly, I was just simply afraid of the unknown. I thought, well, what if I get over there and, and the, this pastor is not as competent as I think that he's going to be? What if I get over there and those, those people don't take as good of care of me as I think that they should? What if I get over there and I become sick or something should happen to me? You see, everything within me screamed, Lord, I do not want to do this. But even still, Lord, my answer is, yes, Lord, I'm willing to go. Amen. You see, I had come to the conclusion that I was going to go to Africa and that I was going to obey God even if this meant going alone. So I had everything pretty much ready for my trip, but there was still one very important piece of information that I didn't have. You see, I still didn't know what the Lord wanted me to say to the people of Uganda, Africa. So while I was praying and talking to the Lord about this, he spoke very clearly to me one morning, and he told me two things. He said, I want you to share a message of hope with the people of Uganda, and I want you to share the good news with them. Well, finally, the day came for me to leave for that airport, and as we were driving to the airport, my friend turned to me, and she handed me a gift bag, and written across the front of the bag was the word hope. And when I opened the card that she gave me, do you know that that card actually contained the key scripture to the message of hope that I was planning to preach in Uganda? And she did not know that. So that morning as I boarded the plane by myself, I thanked the Lord for one last solid confirmation that I was supposed to be going to Africa and that I had the right message because I was bringing the people of Africa a message of hope. 
Well, after a very long, exhausting flight, I was given a warm welcome from the pastor and from some of his staff, and I was immediately taken to a hotel where I could get some much-needed rest before traveling to Mubindi, which was my destination the next day. Then once we arrived safely in Mubindi, the pastor and I had a brief meeting regarding the opportunity to preach and to minister in one of the villages the next day. We, we discussed the fact that um, I would be going uh, for a two-day meeting the next day. Well, even though I was very, very exhausted from flying and I had major jet lag, I was also very excited to begin ministering to the people of Uganda, so I immediately packed another bag, another small bag, so I would be ready to go the following day. The next day, I left with a team from the church, and we began our journey toward the village. On the way, I began to notice many interesting things, but there was one thing in particular that I found to be very disturbing. I began noticing men, women, and children carrying plastic containers, and some of the children were as young as three and four years old. Well, I quickly found out that these containers were being used to gather water so that they could take the water back to their homes. But what I found to be so disturbing was I didn't see any uh, homes for miles prior to seeing these people that were walking, and I didn't see any homes for miles after seeing them. So I began to wonder just how long and just how far that these people had walked and in this intense heat in order to be able to get water. That was the very moment that God began to break my heart for the people of Uganda. Well, we finally arrived to the church, and when we pulled up, one of the first things that I noticed about the church was that it was a very modest brick building and that it didn't have any coverings over its doors or its windows. Once I stepped foot inside the church, it certainly did not take long before I realized just how hot that it was inside that building. You see, there was no circulation at all, no air conditioning, certainly. So once the pastor introduced me uh, before I uh, was going to preach, I, I prayed to the Lord. I said, God, please give me supernatural strength. Give me the strength to be able to minister to these people in this type of heat. Whenever I began to preach, God did just that. I began to passionately preach the gospel to the people that were there, as well as the ones that were still filtering into the church because they had to walk for many miles in order to be able to come, and some of them with children on their backs. Then once I finished my message on hope, I told the people that if they had any type of illness, any type of sickness in their body, to please come forward, to please come to the altar, and I would love to pray for them. I would love to, to lay my hands on them and to pray for them, which is very scriptural, to pray for them and to believe with them for God to touch them and for God to heal their bodies. I spent quality time praying for each and every person. There were many different types of prayer requests, everything from back issues to knee pain to uh, stomach issues. There were people that had come forward that had all types of diseases and infirmities. Once they returned to their seat, I asked that those who noticed a substantial change in their body, those that felt like God had touched them and healed them, to please stand so that everyone you know, would see that they had been healed and that God had done something in their lives. I was ecstatic 
when over half the church began standing up and waving their arms in the air, giving God glory. I'm telling you, God did absolutely incredible things in the service that first day. Well, the second day when I came back, the people were very, very happy to see me, and they began to testify about uh, how God had touched them and healed them the day before, and there was a lot of excitement and a lot of enthusiasm in the air, but whenever I stood up to preach, the atmosphere completely shifted. You see, I was not there that day to preach them happy. I was not there that day to, to preach a message that was going to have them jumping up and standing to their feet. No, that day I was there to preach a very serious and a very sobering message. I was there to talk about the importance of receiving salvation. As I continued to teach the people, I, I began to warn them. I began to warn them that if they left this world at, at the end of their life and they had not accepted Christ into their lives, that they would not be going to a place called heaven, but that they would in fact be going to a place called hell. But then I went on to tell them that God loves them so very much that he sent me all the way from the United States of America to tell them about God's love and to tell them that God loves them so much that he provided a way for them to be forgiven for all of the mistakes and all of the sins that they had committed in their lifetime according to God's standard. And all they had to do in order to be forgiven was to accept Christ into their lives. And at the end of their lifetime, they would certainly be going to heaven uh, one day. So at the conclusion of the message, I, I told everyone that please come forward. I want to give you an opportunity. Come to the altar right now. If you've never made this decision, well, slowly but surely, people began coming to the altars one by one, and they prayed, and they invited Christ to come into their lives that day. It was a glorious day, and we ended the two-day meeting with, with rejoicing and shouting and dancing and giving thanks to God for all that he had done within those two days. I just have to give a shout out to, to Isaac right now because Isaac was very, very instrumental in helping me to be able to effectively share the gospel. You know, the right interpreter can absolutely make or break you. So he and I continued traveling and ministering, and the people continued to come out. And even if that meant that they had to walk for many miles and in heat with some carrying children on their backs. You see, because these people were so very hungry to hear the gospel. And the Lord continued to show up and to heal many and to touch them and to fill them with his precious Holy Spirit. So there were very many opportunities there in Uganda to minister, but one afternoon I had an interesting uh, thing happen to me. I had been invited to, to come and to tour a nonprofit women's facility called the Dream Center. Uh, now this uh, center helps to train and to equip women uh, so that they can receive the assistance and the vocational training that they need in order to be able to get back on their feet. Many of these women had come out of situations such as uh, drug abuse. Some of them had been in abusive situations in their household. Some of them had even been involved in sex trafficking. After we toured the facility, the director of the facility opened up the floor and she gave me the opportunity to speak into the lives of over 100 women. 
Well, this opportunity was so spontaneous and it was so unexpected that I had nothing planned to say to these women. So I thought, well, I'll just tell them a little bit about myself. I, I began to share with the women the fact that I too had made many mistakes in my lifetime, but that they were mistakes that I had been able to overcome. As I continued sharing with the women, I thought, you know, this would be the perfect opportunity to share the gospel with these women. And what was so incredible is that none of this had been planned. I didn't know that I was going to be doing this when I woke up that morning, but God did. And I was not about to miss that opportunity. Um, you see, although this organization was a nonprofit, they weren't associated with any type of ministry or any type of church. So I continued to tell the women that yes, I too had made lots of mistakes in my life and they were mistakes that I regretted, but because of God's love for me, he sent the right person into my life to tell me that Jesus Christ had already provided a way for me to be forgiven for the mistakes that I had made and that if I would just make the decision to invite him into my life, that Jesus would lead me into a lifestyle that would be full of freedom, full of peace, and full of victory. Then once I shared my story and the gospel with these women, I said, if you would like to make the decision that I made that day, I invite you to pray along with me. That day I had the honor and the privilege of sharing the good news and, and praying with over 36 women that made the life-changing decision to make Jesus Christ the Lord of their lives. And a decision that may not have happened had I not been willing to go. Well, Thanksgiving was quickly approaching and there were no plans for any type of a special dinner, you see, because people in Africa don't celebrate Thanksgiving. It's an American holiday. So even though there were no special plans for a dinner, the church that was hosting me had a radio program that was scheduled for that day. And they asked me if I would be willing to preach on that program. Well, having no other important plans on Thanksgiving Day, I was more than happy to be able to share the gospel with more people. So I preached a fiery evangelistic message on the radio uh, alongside my amazing interpreter, Isaac, of course, and together we shared the good news. Then after I ministered, I told the people that uh, if they'd never invited Christ into their lives, that I would like for them to, to pray along with me. I told the listeners, all you have to do is, is just pray this prayer, and won't you pray along with me? Once I prayed the prayer of salvation, I told the listeners, if you just prayed that prayer, I would love for you to call in and let me know. Immediately, the phone lines began to ring, and people from all over were calling in to testify to let me know they had just invited Christ into their lives. People from villages and all over. It was just amazing. After we left the studio, the pastor turned to me and he said, you know, no one had ever thought to do that. No one has ever given listeners an opportunity to invite Christ into their lives. But you see, God knew just who to send and God knew just who would be willing to go. So that night as I gave thanks uh, to the Lord, and, and that night as I sat down to eat my Thanksgiving dinner that consisted of a chicken sandwich, a Coca-Cola, and some potato chips, I thanked the Lord for all that he was doing there in Africa. But most importantly, I thanked the Lord for the lives that had made the decision that very day on the radio, the lives that had been changed that day, the lives 
that had accepted his son into their lives. You see, that day, I truly had a lot to be thankful for. Well, my time in Africa was quickly coming to an end, but there was one thing I had not yet had an opportunity to do that I really wanted to do, and that was that I wanted to visit the orphanage that was connected to the church that was hosting me. So it was mutually decided that we would do something very special for the children before I departed. We decided that we would have a party for the kids that consisted of donuts, soda, and ice cream. And what was so exciting about this is that most of the children at the orphanage had never tasted ice cream in their entire lives, and I was going to be able to get to be a part of this. So I was very excited about that. Well, the day of the party, we pulled up to the orphanage, and the kids were already seated outside, anxiously awaiting our arrival. When we got out of the car, the kids began to scream and yell with joy. They were so excited, and they were more than ready for this party. Once all of the children had received some goodies, they paused and took a mom moment to give thanks for the blessing that they were about to receive. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Every single child received something. Even the young babies received donuts and ice cream. Well, it wasn't very long before we had over 200 children that were very full of sugar and very full of energy. Noticing that the kids were so energetic, I asked one of the staff members if it would be okay for the children to share a few songs with us that they had learned as a group. Well, this was perfectly fine, and the, the children were very happy to be able to get up out of their seats and share some songs with us. So after sharing a, a few songs with us, they, they shared one last very special song that will always and forever remain near and dear to me. And the title of that song was, Africa Will Be Saved. Africa will be saved. Africa will be saved. The children continued singing the song. Tears began to stream down my face. I began to meditate on the fact that despite all of the opposition that I had in even going to Africa, and despite how difficult that it was to minister in a third world country, I discovered that I had truly fallen in love with the people of Uganda, Africa. And as the children finished singing their song, I silently prayed to the Lord saying, yes, Lord, Africa will be saved. And I thank you, God, that I got to be a part of the salvation of Africa because I was willing to go. Amen. Well, maybe you're watching today and you feel the Lord calling you. You feel the Lord calling you to go and to share the good news. If that's you today, I encourage you to remember my story, I encourage you to go and not to let anything stop you because God has need of you. He created you for a very important purpose. 
and he, he is calling you right now for such a time as this to go, to go to your neighborhoods, to, to go into your cities, to, to go into all the nations of the world and to share the good news. Maybe you're watching today and, and you're thinking to yourself, you know, I've never made that decision to invite Christ to come into my life. If that's you, I want to give you an opportunity right now to pray along with me and, and to make the decision that many people are making every single day, the best decision that you could ever make in your entire life, and that is to invite Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. Won't you pray with me? Let's pray together. Father God, I come before you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I ask for the forgiveness of all the mistakes and the sins that I've committed according to your standard. Right now, I receive forgiveness for my mistakes, and I receive your son, Jesus, into my life as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Thank you for watching Speak Life today. I pray that you have a tremendously blessed day and always remember to speak life.